Welcome to the PCOS podcast. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, degree qualified nutritionist. This podcast is a place to help show you how to reduce your PCOS symptoms. Getting diagnosed with PCOS can be super confusing. It typically comes with very little information about what the condition actually is and how to manage it long-term. In this podcast, we cover the keys to understanding what PCOS is, the best approaches to improving your PCOS, and of course, how to reduce your PCOS symptoms through non-medication-based approaches. If you've been recently diagnosed with PCOS or you've had PCOS for a long time and you're wondering, what the heck do I do now and what do I need to do to reduce my symptoms, this podcast exists to show you exactly that. If you have PCOS and you want a strategic approach to help you lose weight, banish acne, stabilize your cycles, and reduce anxiety-inducing hair growth, then I would love to invite you to register for my free PCOS Masterclass. In this Masterclass, I'm going to be breaking down my exact process that I use when I'm helping clients like you reduce and resolve their PCOS symptoms without medication. To get access to the Masterclass, all you need to do is head to the link in the show notes, or you can access it directly by going to selendouglas.com forward slash webinar hyphen registration hyphen EG, or you'll find that link in the show notes below. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me in your ears. We are covering in this episode the five big reasons that can really hold you back from being able to lose weight easily with PCOS. Now, some of them you may already know of and may be obvious to you, but some of them can be a little less obvious. So we're going to go through those and let's just get into it. I've really missed doing these solo episodes. I haven't done one in quite some time and I'm excited to do a few more. So I hope you enjoy them. So the first big reason, of course, is insulin resistance. So insulin is by far the most, one of the most common presentations that we're going to see really wrapped up in PCOS. And um, insulin, the, the, the way it sort of interacts with PCOS and makes PCOS worse is that when we've got high levels of insulin, um, it's actually going to increase testosterone production from the ovaries. And it's also going to reduce something called sex hormone binding globulin, which is really almost like a, I guess, protein um, that binds up testosterone and estrogen. So basically um, having high insulin um, reduces the availability of that SHBG, which can, uh, which has the ability to reduce testosterone. And at the same time, it's also going to increase um, testosterone production itself. And it's also going to increase um, luteinizing hormone, which is commonly high in PCOS and really driving a lot of that androgen production um, from the brain, really. So let's back up a little minute. What is <laughs> insulin? Insulin is... Um, a fat storage hormone. That's kind of our definition around it. And um, it is really important for allowing blood glucose into the cells. That is what it's designed to do. Insulin will rise um, in the presence of high blood glucose. So you eat, um, you know, things containing carbohydrates and our blood glucose is going to go up. Insulin's role in very simple terms is just remove that um, blood glucose or moderate the amount of blood glucose that we have available in the bloodstream and, and move any excess sugar into the cells. That's really what insulin is designed to do. 
Um, it is a fat storage hormone, so it's an anabolic hormone, which basically means it's a building hormone. And therein, we have an understanding of what will start to happen if we see high levels, right? So it's an anabolic hormone, means it's a, a fat storage, a growth building hormone. So high levels over time are going to make it quite difficult for your body to utilize and burn fat, um, therefore making it very difficult for you to lose weight. So if you have PCOS, then you definitely need to have your insulin levels tested. If not already, I like to see them sitting between three and five. And I've got more information around um, what ideal reference ranges are and what tests I recommend asking for in my free testing guide, which you can download through the show notes. You'll find a link to that. So um, that's what I recommend if you're not actually sure you've got an issue with insulin. And if you do know you have an issue with insulin, this is kind of a good thing because it means that you know one of the first things that you need to do to really help improve your PCOS and help improve your ability to be able to lose weight with ease is going to be getting that insulin down. Um, and I'd just like to note also that a fasting blood glucose test or HbA1c test will not actually tell you if you have an issue with insulin. You really want to be getting all three to get a comprehensive understanding of insulin resistance and blood sugar control. I often find that people will tell me that they've had their sugars assessed and they've come back normal, this is different to an insulin test. And you really do want to have that um, 360 view of what's going on. And also really understand that with PCOS, you don't actually need to have extraordinarily high levels of insulin to have it cause an issue because you can really have that hypersensitivity to um, to ha having that um, sort of moderately high level of insulin can still cause issues for you. So definitely get your insulin checked if you haven't already. And um, we like it sitting around about five, but you can get access to um, that along with all other uh, reference ranges that I recommend and tests that I recommend through the link in the show notes. Um, number two is thyroid issues. So as you'll start to see as we go through these, they're all interconnected. I often find that when I go through testing reviews inside the PCOS pathway, uh, I am explaining the connection between different results that um, clients are showing up with because it can really look like you have, you know, 10 different areas that you need to correct. But actually, when you understand that our hormones don't work in a silo, they are very much all connected and speaking with each other, you can actually start to go, okay, yes, there are 10 issues here perhaps, but there is actually only four that when we action these and really work on correcting these, it's going to have a flow-on effect. So it's really understanding that everything in the body is connected. So just to explain a little bit here um, what I mean by that. If, for example, you do really struggle with um, fat loss and that is an issue for you and you do have high insulin, we know that that is a factor that can absolutely down-regulate thyroid function as well. Um, and we need to understand that the two are very much connected. Basically, one of there's many different ways that the, these these um, areas of the body are connected, but in a very simple explanation of how they interact with each other, when there is a diff additional body mass, 
the thyroid is actually going to need to produce more hormone in order to kind of deliver hormone to the rest of that tissue, right? So when you start addressing your insulin and your thyroid at the same time and you start losing weight, then your thyroid function is very likely to improve because it's now being put under less stress and having to produce less hormone to deliver to the rest of the body. So thyroid issues are very, very common in PCOS and it's estimated that around 25% of women with PCOS will have a thyroid issue. I am going to go out a limb on a limb here and say that it is likely to be actually much higher than that um, because we know that thyroid testing or proper thyroid testing can be quite difficult to obtain and is often not done. So I just also want to note and caveat here that a TSH test is not a thyroid test. I hear this all the time. My thyroid's been checked. It probably hasn't been. Um, It's quite difficult to obtain thyroid testing and really to get a good picture of your thyroid, at least you want TSH, T4, T3, thyroid peroxidase antibody and thyroglobulin antibody sometimes reverse T3 as well. So without those, you don't actually have a good understanding of your thyroid function. You are judging a book by its cover, and that's what we're doing when we have TSH only. So how is your thyroid involved in regulating fat loss? Really, it is everything. Your thyroid plays an absolutely critical role in regulating metabolism. It sets your metabolic rate. If you have an underfunctioning thyroid, you will struggle to lose weight. And very commonly, we'll see this often as puffiness in the face is quite common. Some other symptoms that maybe go along with thyroid include um, heavy menstrual bleeding, feeling cold, hair loss from the head irregular cycles, mood issues, anxiety, depression, and often digestive issues as well as our thyroid hormones really regulate stomach acid secretions and digestion too. So as you can see, there's actually a lot of crossover with PCOS symptoms. And I think this is also part of the reason why it may go undiagnosed in a lot of PCOS cases because we could blame a lot of those symptoms on the PCOS itself when actually this issue could be coexisting. And there has been a number of instances uh, across the last few years where I have encouraged clients to get thyroid testing done based off their symptoms. And we have uncovered an undiagnosed thyroid issue, sometimes even an autoimmune condition. And that's really crucial information to uncover because knowing that then means that it's going to totally change what's going to work for you and ultimately get you results. So you really want to find out what these issues are. And I there have been instances where I've recommended more in-depth thyroid testing and there hasn't been an issue, but it's so worth doing. I would hand on heart rather have someone spend $120 to pay for a thyroid test and find out that there was nothing there than to have missed a thyroid condition altogether. So thyroid, really critical in regulating your metabolism. And it's really easy to damage a thyroid, um, especially when you are struggling to lose weight because a lot of the thing, one of the common things that people will go and do is eat a really low calorie diet or eat a really low carbohydrate diet, both of which can be a real issue for your thyroid. Uh, So it is something that you want to understand when you are on this weight loss journey. Um, high stress hormones. So again, very common in PCOS to have sensitivities to the stress pathway, the nervous system, um, 
in PCOS, we can have high levels of DHEAS, which is an adrenal androgen. So it just means an androgen hormone, which is produced from the adrenal glands. Um, And we can also have dysregulation in our cortisol. So cortisol is one of our other stress hormones. Um, It can be high or low. And to be honest, the symptoms are fairly similar. Um, High cortisol actually presents fairly similar to low cortisol. So again, the importance of testing is just so crucial. If you want to find out what the ideal ranges for those hormones are, again, that testing guide is in the notes. Um, So these two hormones are really secreted um, depending on what's going on in their brain and, and how our stress response is behaving. But high cortisol can certainly uh, have the body holding on to excess fat, particularly around the midsection. Um, And this is just so prolific, I think, in our modern society. I think everyone nearly is struggling with this, and it is probably one of the most common issues that I see among clients, and it's also not really given the time of day. I think because it's one of the harder things to change, we can kind of sweep it under the rug. Um, And I actually, to kind of explain this point further, I'm going to read through an Instagram post, which is totally not mine. It's actually from everyone probably follows this account, The Holistic Psychologist, but it is probably one of the just the best explanations, I guess, for what's going on at the moment in our modern society and why we are seeing so many issues with this. So I'm just going to read this directly from her post, which I did share on my account. So it says, stop telling women that they can do it all. Women don't need to be superheroes. It's damaging messaging we need to end for women. For decades, women have been conditioned to believe that they can do it all. This has created intense overfunctioning. Women are expected to be amazing mothers, hold careers, and run the home, sometimes with little to no support. This glamorization of the supermom or the superwoman conditions young girls to believe the more you do, the happier you will be. It conditions them to believe that being selfless and putting everyone before themselves is a noble act. In reality, it is self-neglect. Naturally, this will lead to her feeling exhausted and resentful, but she'll carry that pain silently. Usually, she'll shame herself for feeling this way. Expected to please, she'll continue on, repressing decades of anger from her unmet needs. The generational cycle of overgiving and under-receiving needs to end. Young girls need to hear you don't need to do it all. Young girls need to hear it's important to receive, to say no regularly, and to prioritize what is meaningful for them. Did that hit home for you? I think that as a society, as women, we are burning the candle at both ends and pouring from an empty cup a lot of the time. Of course, this is a generalization and you may not necessarily agree with this, but across the board, it is one of the biggest health issues that I see across nearly all my clients, um, especially, uh, but not limited to, of course, those who are really striving in their career and also trying to juggle motherhood. And I think that This can lead to burnout and it can really lead to either a real overproduction of stress hormones or to getting to the point at which our adrenals have kind of like, I've had enough and we're actually seeing low levels of stress hormones. And so some other signs and symptoms that really go along with that 
is dysregulation in your um, circadian rhythm. So it might look like trouble going to sleep, um, feeling tired and wired in the tired but wired in the evening, and then you know getting that eight hours sleep and waking up just totally flat and feeling like you could just sleep all day. Um, another really really common symptom is low libido as well. So if any of that is sort of resonating along with that issue of um, weight loss resistance, then again, this could absolutely be an issue for you. So again, to go back to the interconnection between these different things, high stress hormones is also going to impact your blood sugars and therefore it's also going to cause an increase in insulin, that fat storage hormone. High stress hormones is also going to have an impact on your thyroid hormones and can certainly lead to downregulation and even change the signaling between the brain and the production of your thyroid hormones to change TSH signaling. And that is really a protective mechanism because when your body is in that really fight or flight or stress response, um, it's going to look to kind of batten down the hatches and downregulate bodily functions of which thyroid controls a lot of those. So that is one of the key mechanisms or reasons um, how we see those connections between different results. So again, when we take into consideration blood testing and symptom picture, we're really looking at um, what makes sense in the context of your life and then also what are your test results telling us. And of course, we may seek to work on, for example, if we were to find an issue with stress hormones, low thyroid function, high insulin, we may look to address all of these at the same time in order to get really effective symptom resolution, but really we're going back to, okay, when did this start and what is that root cause in that particular situation? And um, a lot of the time it can really be those stress hormones, arguably much harder to change than say taking a supplement. Um, All those supplements can help, but a lot of it really comes down to more of those lifestyle behaviors with our stress hormones. Um, now on to number four, it is our inflammatory markers. So PCOS is very much linked to chronic inflammation, and this can make it very difficult to lose weight when we hold on to inflammation. We are generally going to hold on to a lot of fluid retention. Um, chronic inflammation really does go hand in hand with insulin resistance, um, and potentially other autoimmune conditions. And then again, Um, some but not all PCOS cases may also present with IBS-like symptoms and perhaps there's some undiagnosed or untreated um, gut issues there. So things like SIBO, parasites, that kind of thing, um, that's really all wrapped up in that chronic inflammation side of things. And again, that can really put a handbrake on fat loss. Certain gut infections, for example, can cause a downregulation in thyroid function. Um, again, we're going back and seeing how those things are connected. Stress hormones, for example, high levels of stress hormones can actually downregulate our stomach acid production, which can then lead to the ability to for us to actually get, um, say, parasitic overgrowths or overgrowths in certain bacteria in the digestive system because our stomach acid is really there as a protective mechanism. When we have high levels of stress hormones and we can get a suppression in that stomach acid, then we can we are vulnerable in our gut to getting those overgrowth. So again, that's just showing that it is all interconnected. Our body is not working in isolation and is absolutely all communicating together. 
And number five, so lucky number five, no dietary changes um, and really just relying on medication. So this is another really common reason why you might not necessarily be getting results with your current strategies for weight loss. So um, again, this uh, applies to a small proportion of my clients, but I would say it is the minority. Metformin, is of course not something I necessarily recommend or prescribe, um, but we can apply this same, I guess, idea even to supplements. So if you feel like you're taking, say, something like metformin and not getting results, or if you feel like you're taking, you know, all of the blood sugar regulation supplements like myoinositol and chromium, cr- chromium and berberine and all of those things that we know are good for blood sugar control, but you're not seeing any results, you know you have high insulin, so you know you're obviously taking the right things, um, then my question mark would, here would be what dietary changes have you actually made in conjunction with the supplements to um, affect that insulin and get results, right? So, um, for example, uh, myoinositol, it's a supplement. It can work really well. It's considered kind of nature's metformin, if you will, Um, but we need to be making the right dietary changes as well as the supplement in order to see results. And the same is really true for metformin. I am yet to see anyone who gets miraculous, even good results, even any results sort of taking metformin long-term without making dietary changes as well. Again, these clients may not be coming to seek my help, so maybe they exist. Um, Of course, the people that I'm seeing are not happy with their results, which is why they are coming to me. So there you have it, the five big reasons why you may not be seeing the results that you want with weight loss and PCOS right now. So high insulin, thyroid issues, taking um, metformin or medication without making any dietary changes, high stress hormones or low stress hormones, and high inflammatory markers. And again, all of these things can be very much interconnected. So it's really important that you get testing. This is one of the first things that I really focus on inside the PCOS pathway is having all of my clients go and do some in-depth blood testing and organizing that with their GP because The key thing to understand is no two PCOS cases are exactly the same. There is a lot of commonalities, but everyone does present slightly differently and therefore the things that work for you are going to be slightly different. And I really think that this is why the kind of generic things don't work for a lot of people. And this is why you can be taking all of the supplements and feel like you're just doing all of the right things, but they've just not quite been tailored to you. And that can be why you're not getting results. That's it for this week's episode. I will talk to you next week. Before you go, a quick reminder that any information discussed on the PCOS podcast is general in nature, does not take into account your personal health circumstances, and of course, does not replace medical advice.